Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To me, it considerably increased her alarms. On expressing her surprise that Ludovico, who seemed to be so sensible of the evils of his situation, should continue it, he informed her that it was not his intention to do so, and she then ventured to ask him if he would assist her to escape from the castle. Ludovico assured her of his readiness to attempt this, but strongly represented the difficulty of the enterprise, and the certain destruction which must ensure should Montigny overtake them before they had passed the mountains. He, however, promised to be watchful of every circumstance that might contribute to the success of the attempt, and to think upon some plan of departure. Emily now confided to him the name of Valancourt, and begged he would inquire for such a person among the prisoners in the castle, for the faint hope which this conversation awakened made her now recede from her resolution of an immediate compromise with Montigny. She determined, if possible, to delay this till she heard further from Ludovico, and, if his designs were found to be impracticable, to resign the estates at once. Her thoughts were on this subject when Montigny, who was now recovered from the intoxication of the preceding night, sent for her, and she immediately obeyed the summons. He was alone. I find, said he, that you were not in your chamber last night. Where were you? Emily related to him some circumstances of her alarm, and entreated his protection from a repetition of them. You know the terms of my protection, said he. If you really value this, you will secure it. His open declaration that he would only conditionally protect her while she remained a prisoner in the castle, shewed Emily the necessity of an immediate compliance with his terms. But she first demanded whether he would permit her immediately to depart, if she gave up her claim to the contested estates. In a very solemn manner, he then assured her that he would, and immediately laid before her a paper which was to transfer the right of those estates to himself. She was, for a considerable time, unable to sign it, and her heart was torn with contending interests, for she was about to resign the happiness of all her future years, the hope which had sustained her in so many hours of adversity. After hearing from Montigny a recapitulation of the conditions of her compliance, and a remonstrance that his time was valuable, she put her hand to the paper. When she had done which, she fell back in her chair, but soon recovered, and desired that he would give orders for her departure, and that he would allow Annette to accompany her. Montigny smiled, 
It was necessary to deceive you, said he. There was no other way of making you act reasonably. You shall go, but it must not be a present. You must first secure these estates by possession. When that is done, you may return to France, if you will. The deliberate villainy with which he violated the solemn engagement he had just entered into shocked Emily as much as the certainty that she had made a fruitless sacrifice and must still remain his prisoner. She had no words to express what she felt, and knew that it would have been useless if she had. As she looked piteously at Montigny, he turned away, and at the same time desired she would withdraw to her apartment. But, unable to leave the room, she sat down in a chair near the door and sighed heavily. She had neither words nor tears. Why will you indulge this childish grief, said he? Endeavor to strengthen your mind, to bear patiently what cannot now be avoided. You have no real evil to lament. Be patient, and you will be sent back to France. At present, retire to your apartment. I dare not go, sir, said she, where I shall be liable to the intrusion of Signor Verezzi. Have I not promised to protect you? said Montigny. You have promised, sir, replied Emily, after some hesitation. And is not my promise sufficient? added he sternly. You will recollect your former promise, signor, said Emily, trembling, and may determine for me whether I ought to rely upon this. Will you provoke me to declare to you that I will not protect you then? said Montigny, in a tone of haughty displeasure. If that will satisfy you, I will do it immediately. Withdraw to your chamber before I retract my promise. You have nothing to fear there. Emily left the room and moved slowly into the hall, where the fear of meeting Verezzi or Bertolini made her quicken her steps, though she could scarcely support herself and soon after she reached once more her own apartment. Having looked fearfully round her to examine if any person was there, and having searched every part of it, she fastened the door and sat down by one of the casements. Here, while she looked out for some hope to support her fainting spirits, which had been so long harassed and oppressed, that if she had not now struggled much against misfortune, they would have left her, perhaps, forever. She endeavored to believe that Montigny did really intend to permit her return to France as soon as he secured her property, and that he would, in the meantime, protect her from insult. But her chief hope rested with Ludovico, who, she doubted not, would be zealous in her cause, though he seemed almost to despair of success in it. One circumstance, however, she had to rejoice in. Her prudence, or rather her fears, had saved her from mentioning the name of Valancourt to Montigny, which she was several times on the point of doing before she signed the paper, and of stipulating for his release, if he should be really a prisoner in the castle. 
Had she done this, Montagny's jealous fears would now probably have loaded Valancourt with new severities, and have suggested the advantage of holding him captive for life. Thus passed the melancholy day, as she had before passed many in this same chamber. When night drew on, she would have withdrawn herself to Annette's bed, had not a particular interest inclined her to remain in this chamber, in spite of her fears, for when the castle should be still, and the customary hour arrived, she determined to watch for the music which she had formerly heard. Though it sounds might not enable her to positively determine whether Valancourt was there, they would perhaps strengthen her opinion that he was, and impart the comfort so necessary to her present support. But, on the other hand, if all should remain silent, she hardly dared to suffer her thoughts to glance that way, but waited with impatient expectation the approaching hour. The night was stormy. The battlements of the castle appeared to rock in the wind, and at intervals long groans seemed to pass on the air, such as those which often deceive the melancholy mind in tempests and amid scenes of desolation. Emily heard, as formerly, the sentinels pass along the terrace to their posts, and, looking out from her casement, observed that the watch was doubled, a precaution which appeared necessary enough when she threw her eyes on the walls and saw their shattered condition. The well-known sounds of the soldiers' march and of their distant voices, which passed her in the wind, were at lost again, recalled to her memory the melancholy sensation she had suffered when she formerly heard the same sounds and occasioned almost involuntary comparisons between her present and her late situation. But this was no subject for congratulations, and she wisely checked the course of her thoughts, while, as the hour was not yet come, in which she had been accustomed to hear the music, she closed the casement and endeavored to await impatience. The door of the staircase she tried to secure, as usual, with some of the furniture in the room. But this expedient her fears now represented to her to be very inadequate to the power and perseverance of Verezzi, and she often looked at a large and heavy chest that stood in the chamber, with wishes that she and Annette had strength enough to move it. While she blamed the long stay of this girl, who was still with Ludovico and some of the other servants, she trimmed her wood fire to make the room appear less desolate, and sat down beside it with a book, which her eyes perused, while her thoughts wandered to Valancourt and her own misfortunes. As she sat thus, she thought, in a pause of the wind, she distinguished music, and went to the casement to listen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.